Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. Father, in Jesus' name, as we come today, we thank you that the entrance of your word brings light, and we ask that your word comes to us, and we open our hearts so that we may receive your word we may receive revelation knowledge. We may receive illumination by the word. We may be prepared and equipped. We thank you as we study this subject of the weapons of our warfare the next, these next several weeks that we are being equipped. We are being equipped to walk in victory, walk in power, walk in authority in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. First passage we're going to go to is Ephesians chapter 6 going to read from verse 10 Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and the power of his might put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or tactics or strategies of the devil so he's got strategies okay evil is not random evil is organized all right for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So we are in a spiritual warfare. There is a spiritual battle going on, and, and I actually begin to, we begin to minister on this Thursday night at Life Group is many people a lot of times, don't, they don't realize that they're in a spiritual battle they approach things from a natural perspective but you have to understand that we are we do not wrestle against the physical things that's why chopping off ears does not help <laughs> that's why wanting to call down fire from heaven to destroy cities is not of God Jesus said you don't know what spirit you're of because it's not flesh and blood we're dealing with we're dealing with spiritual forces therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day we know that we are in the evil day and the days are getting even more evil the Bible says evil men shall grow worse that's a sign of the end times you know evil men shall grow worse and having done all to stand so stand and then look at 14 stand therefore three times we're taught we're told to stand having girded your waist with truth having put on the breastplate of righteousness having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit again you can see in the spirit praying in the spirit because you can actually pray in the flesh you realize that you can end up praying in the flesh what does that mean just praying the desires of the flesh or just praying without revelation with natural understanding which obviously is darkened the bible says that the, the god of this world has darkened the mind of people minds of people that they cannot see the light of the gospel so if your understanding is darkened i mean you know muslims pray mormons pray jehovah witnesses pray buddhists pray there's prayer in every religion just because they pray doesn't mean god hears them that they're not communicating with almighty god of heaven and uh, creator of heaven and earth they're not communicating with him they're communicating obviously any false religion they're going to be communicating with evil spirits demon spirits principalities and powers behind that religious structure you understand me so just because you pray doesn't mean you're praying to god right so praying in the spirit and being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints so you can see putting on the armor of god which i will get to um but actually we're looking at the different aspects of the armor of god but prayer is another huge part of the armor of god then go with me to second corinthians chapter 10 and read from verse 3 2nd Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3 for we for though we walk in the flesh 
We do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, because somebody said, is that in the Bible? There it is right there. The weapons of our warfare, which is what we're going to be covering in the next several weeks. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not physical. The word carnal there is flesh. Same thing as flesh, meat. They're not, they're not fleshly. They're not natural. They're not physical. But they're mighty in God or powerful. The word there is dunamis, power. Same word when Jesus said you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost comes upon you. They're mighty in God. They're powerful through the power of God. For the pulling down of strongholds. Now what are these strongholds? They're not just spirits floating up in the air. All right? When I was in the mission field as a young minister early in my, early in my ministry uh, in, the, in the 90s, we used to get a lot of short-term mission teams that would come to Turkey. And I, re- I just, you know, I, I dreaded that because a lot, I felt like a babysitter or a tour guide most of the time. They'd come for two weeks and, you know, and, and they actually interrupted what we were doing because we were doing radical evangelism. I mean, getting arrested, beaten. I mean, just radical street evangelism, getting into schools, college campuses, wherever we could get into. And I feel like I did most of my preaching in police stations. And, you know, if you can preach to policemen while they're beating you, you can preach to anybody. I'm not afraid of anybody. You dislike me on Facebook. Whatever. (laughs) So anyhow, but we used to get mission teams. And sometimes, sometimes I'd get good ones. Spirit filled that I could actually do something with and we'd go a little further. But one time we got this team. They told me they're coming from the, uh, I can't remember, the Global Warfare Prayer Center or someplace. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. And then they show up and they come and they said, take us to the highest place in the city. I'm like, huh? And we were in the city of Ankara, the capital of Turkey. And there's like, like a space needle. That, you, know, you know, there's a high hill very high and then of course there's this tower that you know the restaurants that spin around they had built that one there so take us to the highest place in the city and i'm thinking to myself i guess they wanted to kind of overlook the city so we we went there and um and then they started doing warfare and binding spirits and casting down spirits because they wanted to be in a high place and i thought to myself i could be in the basement of the building i would still be higher than this tower because i'm already seated with christ in heavenly places so i mean it's just a kind of a thing that people got into in 90s you know i'm sure they'll get into it again because there's nothing new under the sun these things always come in cycles you know i remember um one of my one friend of mine pastor in switzerland South African, and he was in South Africa. He was a young man. He was serving on the staff of a church, and Lester Summerall came to the church to preach. I think this was like late eight, late eighties or early nineties or something. Late, and then and if you've been around the block, you may remember those. You know, we had those uh, victory songs, marching on the battle. You know, it was like a, the songs were in those days. You know, we're marching. The saints are marching. We're marching on battle. You know, these songs of warfare and victory and stuff were were around and then and they were singing those songs and my friend told me that he was standing he was kind of armor bearing for lesser someone he said isn't this wonderful these songs that we're singing with victory lesser someone looked at him and said yeah they come around every 20 years <laughs> so yeah there's nothing new under the sun you know things will cycle in and out but we can't be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. See, these are winds of doctrines that will blow through, and they're kind of done, and then they blow through again 15, 20 years later. And look, strongholds, casting down strongholds, binding strongholds. Strongholds, what are these strongholds? Look at this. It says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Every knowledge that is against the knowledge of God. So these are actually mentalities, ideas, ideologies, and philosophies. All right? 
You know, we are dealing with, right now we're dealing with ideology as opposed to biology. One of the end time movements, the signs of the end times is this transgenderism. When you have the president of the United States affirming transgenderism, that they, it's, they're created in the image of God, they need to, you know, all that kind of stuff. Have you see, seen the speech he made about transgenderism and, and we recognize you, we see you, World Transgender Day. And I mean, you know, we're dealing with this right now where lines are blurred. And it's not biology, it's ideology. And then, of course, now, you know, we are in the thick of it here in the state of Florida with Disney. Because they are, Disney is a wicked corporation. They're evil. It's not children's entertainment. It's children's indoctrination. And it's, they're there to defile children, to indoctrinate children with wicked ideologies. So, yes, there, of course, there are evil spirits, wicked spirits behind them. But you can bind those spirits all you want as long as people believe the stuff. I mean, think about it. How many times was Satan bound today? Probably several million times all around the world. I bind you, Satan. People are binding Satan all over the world, but he's still loose. Because it doesn't work that way. You can't just bind Satan. The only one who's going to bind Satan for a thousand years is Christ at his second coming. So you can't really bind him because he's loose right now. You can only deal with specific things that, in, that come into your circle of influence where you actually have authority. Because you don't have authority to bind Satan's operation around the globe. If we did, we could just pray right now. Every wicked, evil thing would stop. It doesn't. Because it's not in your realm of authority. But you do have a realm of authority that you need to realize. First realm of authority you have is in your mind. You have to bind the thoughts that come. The wicked ideologies, the wicked thoughts that come. You have to bind these things. You have to bind these things. These, these are the strongholds that... The enemy will try to build in your mind, casting down these arguments, these things that argue against God's word, trying to bring doubt and unbelief against God's word. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So we're talking about belief systems, things that people believe. That's where the strong, strongholds are. And enemy comes to establish strongholds in the mind of believers. I'm not even talking about the world and unbelievers. I'm talking about just believers. Offense, for example. Offense is a mindset. You believe a certain thing. And you're locked into it. And it becomes a stronghold. Fear. Lust and perversion. Greed. Covetousness. Envy. Jealousy. These become mindsets. Poverty mentality. I, I keep talking about that all the time. Poverty mentality. People, people react and get offended for the word's sake. I, I'm offended with Pastor Corey. No, actually, they're offended with the word. They're offended with the message on giving. They're offended with the message on tithing. They're offended with the message on the blessing. Okay, then stay, in, stay cursed. I mean, for all I care. I'm trying to help you here. You're going to get offended with me. I, it's not my problem. I'm blessed. I believe in the blessing. If you don't, that's your problem, not mine. And it keeps the house clean. Chases away certain people, which I'm okay, I'm okay with. Because if they're going to get offended with the word, why do we have to accommodate their offense to the word? Now, we have to change the word to accommodate their offense? No. We don't change the word. We preach the word, right? And if people are hungry, thirsty, they're teachable, they receive the word, and it helps them. And it actually starts to break down these strongholds that begin to get established in their minds, you know. And it, it, it helps them to get them out of that bondage, the curse, and, 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 and the stuff that they're, they're basically bound by. And it just breaks them. And it says, look at this, bringing every thought into captivity. So what are the strongholds? They are thoughts. They're not spirits you bind. You don't have to fly over the city in an airplane to get in a higher position. You are already, because that's physical. Our position is not getting higher physically. We are already positioned spiritually in the highest place we can ever be. Seated together with Christ at the right hand of the Father in the position of authority in heavenly places. You don't get any higher than that spiritually. There is no higher authority than the name of Jesus. 
Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. And just as the Father has sent me, I send you. Go in my name. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. What does that mean, when your obedience is fulfilled? In other words, when you believe God's word, now you're ready to obey it. But if there's a doubt, unbelief, if there's an argument against God's word, which is exactly what the enemy comes to do, because that's what he did in the garden. Has God really said? What's the idea? Immediately now there's, there's, coming a, there's an argument against God's word. Yeah, he said, if you will eat of that tree, you will surely die the day you eat of it. And the enemy comes and says, did God really say you will die? Yes, he did. But now what's happening? Arguments. Doubt is creeping in. And then the next, no, he didn't really say that. You won't die. Oh, you'll, you'll gain wisdom. You'll be like God. He takes it a step further and step further. And step, until you stop it, he's going to keep taking it a step further, weaving his web of lies in your mind so that you get trapped in his web of deceit. Has God said? So once you believe God's word, because if you don't, like what Pastor Vincent said, if you're not fully convinced and convicted of God's word, there's always going to be room for arguments and doubt and unbelief. You have to be fully convinced beyond the shadow of any doubt that this is God's word and God has said it and that settles it. Because if you don't take a stand three times, we're told to stand. Stand on the, when you have done all you know to do, stand. You take a stand on God's word. I will not be moved. I will not doubt God's, I don't care what the culture of the world says. I don't even care what the president of the United States says. I don't care. I don't care what this preacher said or that preacher said. If the word says it, that settles it. And you have to be fully convinced Convicted and convinced that this is God's word and I will stand on it and I'm not going to allow the enemy to come to refute the word. So you have to come to that place first and foremost. I believe God's word. And you go to the next step. I will obey God's word. Believing is not enough. I've seen a lot of people who say they believe but their actions don't match what they believe so your actions need to match what you believe that's obedience when you are in full obedience says you can punish all disobedience so you actually have to be very strong with these things you can't be wishy-washy you can't there's no bargaining with the devil bible even says do not give him a strong a, a foothold don't even give him a, you give him an inch he'll take a yard you give him a yard he'll take a mile you make absolutely no Provision for him. Not giving any place to the devil in your life. That's why you have to protect your heart above all that you protect. You have to protect your thought life, your mind, your will, your emotions. You have to protect these things. You cannot allow, listen, the little foxes to come and creep in and spoil the vine. Because let me tell you right now, nobody goes to bed on fire for Jesus, just ready, sold out, radical, and wake up the next morning totally backslidden. Doesn't happen overnight. It, it's a slippery slope. It happens subtly by tolerating little things, little attitude here, little attitude there, little word here spoken, and little offense here, little, you know. And, 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 it's, and if you don't make those adjustments daily, stay on it daily, diligently, being sober and vigilant, just being very diligent about your thought life, casting down these arguments, recognizing them, taking authority over them, saying, no, I will not allow this thought not going to allow this thought of offense to come in. Take a foothold. Because you give a foothold, the enemy comes in, then it becomes the foothold becomes a stronghold. A stronghold is like a castle. He hides in that castle. Now he's actually taken territory in your life. You've given the devil territory in your life. When you have a poverty mentality, he's taken territory. A, a spirit of poverty will come and take territory in your life, and you will not break through. You will not prosper. 
you, you allow offense, you allow bitterness, jealousy, you allow other things, or you allow the lies of the world concerning all the stuff we're dealing with now, genders, the, the whole gender fluid nonsense we deal with. And we are trying to protect our children here from wicked people, from indoctrinating and polluting and defiling their lives. And of course, we're coming under attack. And Biden said, these are hateful laws. No, you hate little children, you devil. And I'll call you out on it. You hate little children. And now there's a law they're trying to pass in California that you can kill your child a week into birth. You can kill the baby a week into birth. That's how wicked this is getting. So all those of you who were supporting abortion into three months and then to full term, now they're going to even let you kill the child after it's born. Because they, they won't stop. They will not stop. And the church is playing games. Bunch of weak, spineless, wishy-washy preachers sucking up to the world. Get down on your knees and repent. We must, we must reevaluate the Bible concerning the culture of our times. And you see, they're all falling by, one by one. The leaders of that movement are falling one by one like dominoes. You ain't seen nothing yet. There's more that's coming this year. What did I tell you? Those that didn't stand will fall, and those who stand this year, God will honor them. Double honor. God will give double honor to those that did not back down from the Word of God. So if you want to be positioned in the fight, you're going to have to take a stand and put on the full armor of God. You notice this is the definition of a soldier. Why? Because there is a war. Hallelujah. So we have the weapons of our warfare. The only way we can punish all disobedience is when we are in full obedience, when, when obedience is fulfilled in us. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So if the thought is contrary to the word of God. And thoughts will come. They come to me. They come to me. You can't keep the birds from flying over your head. But you can certainly keep them from building a nest in your hair. Chase them away. When the thought comes. No. I recognize that thought. That's contrary to God's word. I don't care who said it. I don't care if the rest of the world believes it. I'm the last one remaining on the planet. I'll believe God's word. Because my wife and I, we made a decision when we started, started on the ministry. If we're the last two people on earth who believe the Bible, we're going to believe the Bible. If 8 billion people don't believe the Bible and we're the last two remaining, we're going to believe the word. You have to be that determined. You can't be moved. So you have to take a stand. And, and now you're ready to take up your position to walk in victory because the weapons of our warfare they are mighty in God for the destruction of every wicked thing that will come your way all right so the first two that we're going to get into is the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus so the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus is a weapon the name of Jesus it's a weapon Spoken out of your mouth with authority, it's a weapon. In the name of Jesus. When you are standing right with God, and you're walking right with God, and you are in obedience, you are in a position of authority. And when you begin to speak the name of Jesus, you are coming with the highest of all authorities. Because he is the name which is above every name. That at the mention of that name, every knee must bow. Every tongue must confess that he is Lord or he is the master. That he rules. So you have to know that the name of Jesus is a weapon. When you speak the name of Jesus out of your mouth. In faith. It's the most powerful weapon you have. At the mention of that name, demons tremble. Yeah. 
Jesus said, in my name, you will cast out demons. In my name, you will take up serpents. What does that mean? What is a serpent? It's a snake, something dangerous. You're going to have to get very close to a snake to pick it up. So you're going to get into some very dangerous places and positions, but you will have authority to be able to handle it. He says, in my name, you will handle it. Because when you speak the name of Jesus with authority, that serpent, you understand me, that snake, that poisonous snake is now rendered ineffective, cannot harm you. And if they somehow were to poison you, you will not die. So that you, you're talking about supernatural protection in the name of Jesus. You lay hands on the sick, they'll recover. You're walking in supernatural power. The name of Jesus. That's why you cannot take the, Lord, the Lord's name in vain. Because if you take the Lord's name in vain, what happens is you end up losing your authority because his name has become now common. That is not a common name. That is the most powerful name. There is no other name given unto us by which man can be saved. There's no name on earth or under the earth or in the sea that is more powerful than, than that name. So just the mention of the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. And sometimes that's all you have. I mean, you literally have nothing more than just a split second just to say, Jesus! His name is a weapon. When you mention that name, you're exercising authority and you're judging principalities and powers. That's what the Bible says. We judge principalities and powers. How do you judge them? You recognize them and you put them in their place. That's what judging them is. Devil, you are defeated. You're under my feet. So don't talk to the devil like he's up there. Talk to him because he's, he's down here. He's crawling on his belly. And he's under defeat. He's defeated. So look under defeat. That's where he is. Devil, I'm just telling you right now. Now, of course, when it comes to exercising authority, remember, I said it has to be specific. It has to be targeted. And it has to be within your realm of influence. Now, of course, when we come together as a corporate church, corporate body, we can pray and we can actually come against certain principalities and powers in our region. We can come against certain agendas, certain narratives, certain tactics and strategies of, strategies of the enemy. We, that's why corporate prayer is so important. The church coming together because one will chase a thousand, two will chase ten thousand. That's why we have prayer meetings. That's why you need to be here on, on Tuesday instead of just commenting on Facebook, getting upset and, and, and criticizing. You need to come and pray. That's how you need to handle it because you're just trying to deal with it in the, in the carnal realm. Wow, look at this. He shouldn't have said that. So what? You can make a comment on social media. That's not going to do anything. It's prayer. We have to pray as a church. The weapon of prayer. And especially corporate prayer where there is power in unity. One will chase a thousand. Two will chase ten thousand. So there is an exponential multiplication of our power when we come together as a corporate body in unity because it's the power of agreement. Power of agreement. That's why the enemy is always trying to divide, stir up strife and division. Because a house divided cannot stand. But when you, we come together in unity, in agreement, of faith and prayer man we have power and when we use the name of jesus together as a church when the saints come together in unity how good it is for the saints to dwell together in unity that's like that oil that's poured down poured on aaron and he just pours down his beard and all over his body what does that mean there's an anointing there's a corporate anointing a lot of Christians don't understand the power of corporate. Well, I'm just going to stay home and pray. I don't go to church. I just love Jesus. I don't need to go to church. 
Church is not a place you go to. It's not a building. Church is something you're a part of. It's a family. It's an assembly. You can't assemble by yourself. That's why the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling together. What does that mean? Come together as the body of Christ, as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the body, and Jesus is the head, authority, and use his name to pray, the name of Jesus. We, we, stand, we stand against these wicked agendas against our children in our schools in the name of Jesus. We send confusion against these plans. We, we call defeat on these plans in the mighty name of Jesus. We take authority together as a corporate body against wickedness to come kill, steal, and destroy. And we stand together as a church. We praying, Lord, we just speak it because we are the resistance. We are the resistance. The hindrance, the resistance. When that's removed, the Bible says, Paul said, that's when the, the man of sin, man of lawlessness will be fully revealed. The Antichrist in bodily form. But the spirit of Antichrist is in the world. It's, already, it's always been in the world. And so what we are seeing is the manifestation of the spirit of Antichrist in these world leaders, in local leaders, in school boards, and just all over the place. That's what we are seeing. The manifestation of the spirit of Antichrist, the, the mystery of iniquity, the spirit of lawlessness of the last days. That's what we're dealing with. So we are the resistance. We are the hindrance. We hold back the full-on onslaught of the enemy. When the church is removed and there's no prayer, then there's nothing to stop it. Do you understand me? So we have to take a stand and we have to resist in prayer using the name of Jesus. When we say in the name of Jesus, it's not just a way to finish your prayer. It is absolute power and authority. So say this after me. The name of Jesus is one of the weapons of my warfare. When I believe in his word, when I believe in his name, when I speak it, with full conviction and faith, I walk in power and authority. Hallelujah. So the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The second one is the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. One preacher said, I don't talk about the blood. It grosses people out. We're going to talk about the blood of Jesus. Amen. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. Because what is the blood of Jesus? The blood of Jesus is our righteousness. We've been cleansed and washed by that blood. The blood of Jesus is our righteousness. And when we are in a position of righteousness, that's when we have power and authority. So the righteousness that we receive as a gift, the gift of righteousness in Christ being made the righteousness of God in Christ, that is a weapon. Our righteousness is a weapon. The blood of Jesus cleanses us. The blood of Jesus marks us. The blood of Jesus covers us. The blood of Jesus protects us, right? That's why they had to take the blood of the lamb at the Passover, put it on the doorposts of each house. When the Israelites did that and the angel of death passed over by night. Their house was protected. Death could not enter in. The doors being a point of entry. Access was shut off. So the blood of Jesus protects you from access of demonic evil forces and death and destruction and sickness and disease. So the blood of Jesus is a weapon. People have sort of gotten away from it, but I remember we used to plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus over my family. I plead the blood of Jesus over my, my house and my children, the church. I plead the blood of Jesus over my business. Hallelujah. I was counseling a couple one time, and they were talking about the issues they had and strife and arguments and just stuff that was going on in the marriage. And all of a sudden, I mean, I'm trying to speak into it. Of course, the Holy Ghost is the counselor. So I always say, Holy Spirit, you are the counselor. I'm just a mouthpiece. 
and I, you know, I yield myself so that you counsel through me because I don't know everything and I don't claim to know anything. There's no formula, you know. So I'm, I'm sitting there and all of a sudden, it just popped out of my spirit. Plead the blood of Jesus over them. They're under attack. Plead the blood of Jesus over them. They're under spiritual attack. The spirit of strife and division is attacking them. Plead the blood. So I said, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus over. I cover your marriage by the blood of Jesus. And I cut off all access. I cut off all access to your marriage from outside forces, demonic forces. And of course, whoever, the outlaws, in-laws, outlaws, you know. And whatever is going on, I, I, I cover you by the blood of Jesus. Right now, I cover this marriage by the blood of Jesus. And you know what? It was like a, everything began to turn around for them. Everything just turned around. The attack stopped. Peace came. It was like something, there was an access and it just was broken. And I just obeyed the Holy Spirit. The blood of Jesus is a weapon. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus is a weapon. It's protection. It protects you. Plead the blood of Jesus over your life. Speak the blood of Jesus over the church. Speak the blood of Jesus over your family, your children. When they're going, when they're going to school in the morning, just lay hands on them. In the mighty name of Jesus, I cover them by the blood of Jesus. Amen. When you're getting on the road to travel, every time I get into an airplane or I go... The moment I step foot in this airplane, I commandeer this airplane. This is my private jet right now. And I break every curse off of it, whatever. Because you got Buddhists praying and some other guys praying and doing something. In the, who knows? I don't even know who the pilot is. He could be demon-possessed for all I know. I don't know. I don't know the pilot. I can't go shake his hand and check him out. I'll get arrested. So I said, I commandeer this plane. I cover this plane by the blood of Jesus. I break every curse spoken over it. I commandeer it. I bless this airplane in the name of Jesus. This plane is now under my command to take me to where I'm going on my assignment. I decree and declare safe takeoff, safe flight, safe landing. And I take authority over every demonic manifestation on this airplane. I'm going to travel in peace. Because I don't know who's going to be sitting next to me. Kenneth Hagin tells a story. There was a man who was an asthmatic, had asthma attacks. And so Brother Hagin was going to go on a trip. This is in all days. So he was going to go on a trip, drive somewhere. He was going to go on a trip. And then this man was going to go with him. And so this man got in the car and they traveled. I don't know, a couple of days they were together, whatever. And then they came back from the trip and Brother Hagin dropped them off in his house. He gets a phone call from the guy. He goes, you know. I just realized something. The whole time I was with you, I never had an asthma attack. Never was uh, this. What happened? But now I'm back home. I'm, uh. Brother Hagen said, because you came into my realm of influence and I wasn't going to travel with that for three days. I took authority over it. And so it never happened. But now you're back in your home and you're not with me. You're on your own, buddy. That man had a revelation on his authority. And some of you, sometimes you guys tolerate stuff. Maybe you got that devil you're working with. I'm sorry, that person you're working with in your workplace. And they hate you. They manifest. You know what? You need to take authority over that. I, I used to have that, man. This lady hated me. She hated my guts. She manifested every time she got around me. So I, after about the third or fourth day, I said, you know what? Okay, I'm dealing with a spirit here. Talking to her isn't going to, I try to talk to her kindly. I said, do you have an issue with me? Because we don't even, we're not even on the same team. Literally, I just kind of pass you by in the break room or in the office, you know, hallway or whatever. But, you know, is there an issue that I'm, <clears throat> I don't like you. Ah, okay, that's a devil I'm dealing with. It's a spirit. So I started taking authority over it. The moment I step foot in, the, in my office, I take authority over this place because you said in your word, Lord, that you give me every piece of ground that my feet tread upon. And I come in here and I take authority over this demonic manifestation in this woman. She'll be calm and quiet and you'll shut up and not speak to me, devil. And you stay away from me in the name of Jesus. And I cover myself and I cover this office by the blood of Jesus. And you know what? From that day on, I never had any issue. She come in and then all of a sudden she kind of walk away from me. 
The blood of Jesus is a weapon. That's your protection. You know, when you look under the Old Testament, in the Mosaic law, the, the priests, when the sacrifice was offered, they were marked in their right thumb and then right earlobe by the blood. So you are marked. You're a priest. We are a royal priesthood. So you're marked by the blood. Right? So you go like this. I'm marked. Come on. I'm marked by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. So you are marked. And I cover my ears by the blood of Jesus. I cover my eyes by the blood of Jesus. I cover my heart by the blood of Jesus. I cover my mind by the blood of Jesus. You know, people have gotten away from praying like that. We need, we need to get back to praying the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And the devil knows it. You look at witchcraft. There's always some kind of sacrifice in blood. In Turkey, they, they, they take chickens, cut their heads off, and, and, and throw the blood on the tires of their new, new car. And then they, and they think that's going to protect them. And, and, you, and you see that with the, the black magic and the voodoo, you know, the voodoo and stuff. There's always some kind of a blood thing, blood ritual. The devil, you know, he's a counterfeiter. But we got the blood of Jesus. And the Bible says the blood of Jesus speaks. Speaks of better things to come. It doesn't speak of judgment. It speaks of mercy. So when you call it on the blood of Jesus, and it's by the, by the blood of Jesus, we have access. See, the blood of Jesus shuts off access to evil, but it opens access to a new and a living way to come boldly before the throne of grace. See, the blood of Jesus has given us access to our Heavenly Father. The blood of Jesus speaks and intercedes for us. Speaks of protection and mercy. My, I feel the anointing. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus speaks of protection. It's interceding. The blood of Jesus is interceding. Calling for mercy. Not judgment. And because of that. See. When you feel condemnation, which is what the enemy does, it's an attack on your righteousness. When you feel condemnation, you don't have any power. You don't have authority. You don't have a confidence. If your heart condemns you, you don't have confidence before God. But you need to have confidence. You know why? Because the blood of Jesus has washed you, has cleansed you, and it keeps you, and it cleanses you from all unrighteousness when you confess. So you get right back into that position of righteousness so that boldness. See, righteous are as bold as a lion. You're going to need to be bold. I mean, this spiritual warfare is going to get even more intense in these last days. You better be ready for it. I'm just telling you how it's going to be. It's going to get intense. You ain't seen nothing yet. Soft Christians are not going to make it through these last days. You're going to have to be bold. You're going to have to be strong in the Lord and the power of his mind. You have to take a stand. You have to, you're going to have to put on the full armor of God. And you're going to have to know your authority. You're going to, you're going to have to know your weapons, the weapons of your warfare, the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Is this helping anybody here today? Hallelujah. So when you travel, when you go thing, places or... Let's say you're going to a meeting. I just plead the blood of Jesus over this meeting right now. I cut off access to anything that's not of God. And the moment I walk in, I'm blessed coming in. And I have the favor of God. I'm going to be highly favored. And Holy Spirit, you're going to show me everything that's going on. And, and give me eyes to see, ears to hear what's going on here. That I have inside information. I'm positioned to have divine wisdom. So you speak it. Right? You, you plead the blood of Jesus. So those are your first two. The name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. Say this after me. The blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus. is one of the weapons of my warfare. When I plead the blood of Jesus, when I speak the blood of Jesus, I'm under divine protection. And I cut off access to anything and everything that is, of, that is not of God, and I gain access to everything that is of God, to walk in the fullness of God's blessing, protection, and provision for my life. Amen. Hallelujah. I like that.
The next one, which I'm going to finish with today because it's appropriate for today, is the table of the Lord. The communion table is a weapon. It's one of the weapons of our warfare is the communion table. Then I'm going to get into the other ones, which will be the weapon of praise and worship, which we really focused on that. Thursday night was Pastor Vincent did a phenomenal job talking about that. The next one is the weapon of giving. Oh, yeah. Bible says when you're a tither, he rebukes the devourer for your sake. One after that is the word. The word of God is a weapon. And the Holy Ghost, the power of the Holy Ghost is a weapon. Then we have the weapon of angels, the angelic host. Then we have our mouth as a weapon. The sword of the spirit. And then the final one will be the weapon of our testimony. Hallelujah. So let's get to this one, the table of the Lord, and then we'll go to the communion table of the Lord. Josh, if you would just jump up there for me now. So the table of the Lord, again, when we look at the table of the Lord, really, it actually covers these two elements that I mentioned, the name of Jesus, right? You said, how is that possible? Well, if Jesus is the head of the church and we are the body and the bread represents the body, the unity of the body, See, what we're doing is we are recognizing the body. Because Paul said, those who do not recognize the body, they are weak. Right? They're weak, they're sick, and then they die. Because they're separating themselves from the body. And what separates people from the body is a stronghold. It's a wrong mindset. Usually it's an offense. Or it's pride. But those two things are huge traps of the enemy. Don't fall into that. He'll take you out. He'll chew you up and spit you out. Because when you're in the flesh, you stand no chance against the enemy. But when you're in the spirit, he stands no chance against you. That's why the enemy will always try to get you in the flesh where you are weak. Right? The flesh is weak, but the spirit is strong. So when we come to the table of communion, if you think about this, the bread represents the body. Represents our healing. Represents our wholeness. Represents our righteousness. Because the sinless body of Christ right we are now become we have now become the sinless body of christ because jesus in was sinless but he took our sin so let me ask you this if he took our sin where is our sin it was placed on the cross if it was placed on the cross on his body if the curse was placed on his body right where is the curse it's not on you what's on you the blessing if sickness and disease was placed on his body where is sickness and disease it's not on your body it's on his body so what's on your body healing if sin was placed on his body that means sin is no longer on you what's on you righteousness so the bread represents our righteousness and then of course the second element is the blood the blood of Jesus which is life which is strength which is which is joy peace protection so as we come to the table of the lord this is a weapon today i mean we're wreaking havoc on the enemy i mean he hates the he hates the table of the lord because you know what it's a sign of his defeat it reminds him of his defeat as we remember the lord's death we're also reminding the devil of his defeat and we're also reminding him prophesying that a day is coming when we are going to be taken up to heaven where he can no longer go and we'll sit at the table having eternal communion fellowship partnership intimacy sharing and togetherness with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ at the table becoming being a part of the family because we are identified by him and it's prophesying of the wedding supper of the Lamb which he's not invited to there is a place where he's going called the lake of fire we're reminding him of his defeat and we are we are exercising and we are appropriating and we are enforcing our victory at the table of the Lord to receive our healing see his weapons his weapon of sickness and disease is disarmed his weapon of condemnation, guilt, and shame is disarmed. His weapon of fear is disarmed. His weapon of lack 
and poverty is disarmed that table is our provision our blessing our prosperity our healing our peace our joy our protection so today as we come together in holy communion or holy fellowship holy partnering holy togetherness as the body of Christ knowing that all authority flows down from the head to the body where the enemy has been placed under defeat even the lowest part of the body has authority over demonic forces and everything hell has to throw at you we're decreeing and declaring today his defeat we're declaring it and, and decreeing and declaring victory and healing and health over our lives it's a weapon it's a powerful weapon In the midst of all hell breaking loose, we have the peace of God upon our lives. In the midst of lack, chaos, hate, we have peace. We have prosperity. We are protected. We are in Goshen. We are in Goshen. You know what happened when the 10 plagues were coming upon Egypt, God's people were in Goshen and they were protected. Not one plague came upon them. Those locusts flying, they came to Goshen and they took a right turn and flew around it, went the other way. Whatever hell is throwing, whatever curse cannot come upon you. And, and so the table of the Lord is our weapon today. We are enforcing his defeat. Amen. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.